This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Megan Husslein, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Jamie Urich. Hey, Megan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I mean, it's finally game week, the week we've been waiting for. What are your thoughts? I just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Um, I have like blocked off my calendar because um, the game will be in the afternoon for me in LA. So mm-hmm. blocked off my afternoon. Um, I'm very excited. My roommate and I have decided to watch our games separately because we did feel like it might get a little aggressive. Um, for sure. As she's a Michigan grad. And like, even though we're both rooting for the national championship to be OSU Michigan, I can't like watch them win and be excited about it just on principle. So it's a very conflicting day. So we're going to watch separately, but I am very excited. (laughs) I'm glad that you got your plans figured out. Um, Yeah, it's a very exciting slash nerve wracking week. I mean, let's just get into it. The day we've been waiting for since November 26th is finally almost here. It's going to be a battle, so let's just break down the key storylines heading into this game. I think one of the major ones is obviously the quarterbacks. Two Heisman finalists. We got a veteran in Stetson Bennett for Georgia, and obviously C.J. Stroud, who hasn't really been in a big-time game like this before. So just what are your thoughts between the two quarterbacks? This whole pot, the whole land-grant, holy land family know how I feel about (laughs) Stetson Bennett. (laughs) He has played in big games before. That doesn't mean he will play well. He has an NFL caliber offensive line and team supporting him. He's the weak link here. So I won't even get started on my Heisman rant again, but CJ Stroud, what it's going to boil down to is, does he stay calm and collected in Mm -hmm. this kind of high stakes moment or did the nerves get to him? Um, and I also think like, it's gonna be, there's going to be an element of like, does CJ Stroud run the ball at all? Because if he does, we need him to. And he is as capable of running the football as past Ohio state quarterbacks. He's just not as comfortable with it. And they're not play calling plays where he's running. So Mm -hmm. we need to be able to establish that. That's what it boils down to for me. I think CJ Stroud is the better quarterback mm-hmm. of him and Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I think Stroud definitely plays a bigger role. I mean, Stetson Bennett just needs to play fine. He doesn't need to, you know, be a star because his defense will take care of that. His offensive line will take will help him out. But I think Stroud really does need to play not a great game, but just play like himself. I mean, Michigan obviously wasn't his best game. He was not looking like himself. So if he just looks like himself, 
I mean, I think the offense will be fine. He really has nothing to lose. I mean, this is potentially the last game of his career. Hopefully not, but this is it for him. So hopefully he just, you know, plays fearless, has confidence, and hopefully this month to just kind of regroup and regather himself just really helps. But I'm really banking on Stroud having a big game. But, I mean, not just him, but also the Ohio State offense. That's kind of the major storyline here, the Ohio State offense versus the Georgia defense. So, I mean, it's just – I think it's going to be a battle because I believe the Buckeyes have one of the best, if not the best, offense in the country. Georgia obviously has the best defense, so it's going to be interesting. I agree. I think I actually wrote about this in um, my Your Nuts column for the week, but Mm -hmm. I think that a big part of OSU's offense that we're going to need, we obviously need to get the run going. Like, we know they need to establish a run. That's a very watered down explanation of what needs to happen. Um, They need to be really persistent in the run game because something that OSU has kind of traditionally done throughout the season is like, they'll get a couple really good runs going and then two run plays in a row will be stopped. And then they just like stop running the ball. Yeah. So they need to be persistent with it because this Georgia defense is a great defense and they are going to get some stops in and that cannot deter the Buckeyes from executing their game plan. Yeah, I agree. The run game is definitely going to be pivotal in this game And I'm a little nervous for it. Obviously, Travion Henderson is out for the rest of the season. So the load falls on Mayan Williams, who has had the past month to get healthy from any lingering injuries. But now they said he missed practice today. Um, We're recording this on Wednesday. He wasn't at media availability on Tuesday because Dallin Hayden said that mine was feeling under the weather. So hopefully it's just a little cold. You know, he can get healthy really quick and be good to go on Saturday. Um, I think he should be fine. He does have a few more days to get healthy, but Mayan really does need to have the game of his life because it's just so crucial. As we saw in the Michigan game, we couldn't really get the run game going and it hurt the offense very bad. So yeah, I think Mayan, Dallin, even Chip, they're all going to play big roles in this game. I don't think it's just going to be Mayan. Obviously he's the number one, but Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how the run game works. But switching gears to the defense, clearly, again, they did not play well against Michigan. So do you think that Jim Knowles kind of whipped this defense into shape this past past month to make sure that they were ready for this game? I have to hope so. I think that, like, again, what Jim Knowles has done with this defense in a single season is so impressive. We know that the college football world doesn't care how much improvement you make if you lose in the high stakes situations. So ultimately I think he's done an incredible job with this defense. And then they kind of fell apart against Michigan, especially like in the second half when we're normally very good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that he probably did really spend the last month closing all those holes. Um, And I also think that, he's probably well aware that a lot of the college football world is going to measure his success this season, not based on everything up to the Michigan game, which was extremely impressive, but based on whether he can close the seal, the deal at the end here. So 
I hope that he did whip them into shape. And I, I, I have confidence. I have to give him confidence until I have to give him my confidence until he gives me a reason not to basically like yeah. one, one bad game. The Michigan game is not going to be enough to deter my confidence right now. But if he like mm-hmm. loses all the high stakes games, then like maybe I'm going to have to reevaluate that. So. Right. I mean, we'll allow him one off game in his first season. Obviously it's extremely unfortunate. It was against Michigan, but he does have the chance to redeem himself. And I think this defense, they really do need to play their butts off. I just think having at least one turnover is going to be pivotal in this game because it seems like every game we get a turnover, it's a huge momentum shift, huge confidence boost for the entire team. And it just gets them going. I mean, look at JTT in the Penn State game. That was just an unbelievable game from the defense. And it honestly helped them win because of the just major confidence boost they had from his turnovers so hopefully the Buckeyes can get at least one against Georgia um but something that Ohio State isn't too familiar with is playing the underdog role obviously in 2014 they were the four seed they upset Bama the one seed and hopefully that's the same situation here hopefully they upset number one Georgia but it seems like they're kind of embracing this underdog role Jamie I think they are. And I do think like Ohio state isn't the underdog all that often. Mm-hmm. And I think that when they are, it fuels them in a way that like, maybe we need that a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. I also think that particularly in this season, given the loss to Michigan, there is an added element of like, all of these people are doubting us. And we're going to prove ourselves not just to beat Georgia and not just to win a national championship, but to like actively get revenge against our rivals. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it cannot be understated how much that is a motivating factor. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just so much motivation for them. Totally, like they are not looking. I this is the Georgia team is not a team you can look overlook. Like they're not mm-hmm. looking ahead to the national championship game the way that they might be if they're playing kind of a an unranked nobody the week before the Michigan game. Right, they're very focused on beating Georgia first. But I think that knowing that if they beat Georgia, they will probably get a chance to course correct the end of the season in the highest stakes game in college football that's a big that's a big motivator oh yeah yeah I mean everyone said coming into the Michigan game that was one of the most hyped games you know in the history of the rivalry but then you could say that the Georgia game could be the most hyped game in the past however many years for Ohio State because there's just so many things on the line you know redemption against Michigan a spot in the natty to beat Michigan just redemption for the whole team, Stroud's legacy. There's just so many things going into it. So I think they're ready for it. I think they're excited based on media availability on Tuesday. It sounds like the whole team is kind of excited to play the villain role, as Marv said. Um, So I'm ready for it. You know, I think this is kind of what they need. Like what you said, they're not always going to be the one seed undefeated, you know, solidified best team. So this could be good for them, but what do you think is your major key, the number one key to winning this game? It's got to be persistent running. Um, mm-hmm. 
it they cannot be deterred by a couple of stops from the Georgia defense. This is an, a phenomenal defense. They're going to get a big stop. And then I think if they can move the ball down the field in like short or intermediate spurts in the run game, that opens up the possibility for Stroud to like kind of go long from midfield and take a shot at the end zone. Um, and I think that that is ultimately going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, I definitely think the run game is also going to play a huge role. But I think that one thing that needs to happen is the offense needs to utilize all the receivers. I mean, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. is wide receiver one, but Georgia knows that too. So they're going to be all over him. He's going to be double teamed. So he's going to need some help from his other receivers. So Mecca Buka, Kate Stover, Julian Fleming, they're all going to have to step up. And Stroud's going to have to spread out the offense and give all of them some targets. So hopefully that happens, you know, because obviously, like I said, everyone's going to be thinking he's going to Marv, he's going to Marv. But if all the other receivers can have a good game too, then hopefully this offense just comes together and has a ton of success. So we will see, you know, it's only a couple of days away. We cannot wait. But there is another game happening on Saturday, another playoff game, TCU versus Michigan. So let's get into that one. What are your initial thoughts, Jamie? If TCU wins this game, I mean, listen, TCU does have the underdog factor going for it. And they are a very good football team. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like devalue what they have accomplished this season. They are not on the same level of play that I think Michigan is at in this moment. That's Agreed. not to say there weren't periods of time earlier in the season or at other points in the season where TCU was the better team, but Michigan has momentum going for it in a way that reminds me of that 2014 Buckeyes team. It scares mm-hmm. me a little bit. Um, I would love to meet them in the natty, but I, I just think that Michigan is running on like, it is like almost military-esque in the way that they have been able to execute their game plan over the last couple of games. They are just doing what they need to do, checking the boxes. Um, I don't see TCU winning this game. I just don't. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think one of the main things is that momentum that Michigan is carrying, you know, an undefeated season, upsetting their rival, winning the conference championship. They're just riding high on everything from this season, and they're just planning to keep it going against TCU. Meanwhile, TCU had a great season, great wins. They had that momentum, and then it kind of came to a stop in their conference championship when they lost. So obviously they're trying to get that back, but I just don't think they can match Michigan. Like you said, Michigan is just playing unreal football right now. They looked absolutely dominant against Ohio State, unfortunately. But yeah, I think Michigan is just also on another level. And one of the main factors is their quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. And it's going to be a showdown between McCarthy and Max Duggan. So I'm excited for it. They're both great quarterbacks, but... Who do you think has the upper hand in this one, you know, as for the quarterbacks? So I actually think that Duggan is probably a better quarterback, but I think that J.J. McCarthy has more um, people around him. 
Mm -hmm. that really elevate his play. Like they, he, the Michigan offense complements each other so well. JJ McCarthy doesn't have to be a Heisman finalist because he's got all the right pieces around him to play to his strengths and he plays to theirs. Um, I think like, you know, on paper, Duggan's a better quarterback in terms of stats, but I don't, I just don't think he has the rest of the team around him to do what Michigan is capable of doing with that offense. Yeah, I agree. JJ McCarthy really does just fit in so well with this Michigan offense. You know, once Harbaugh made that decision that McCarthy would be the starter over Cade McNamara, he just fit in seamlessly with this offense. So they really do complement each other. But as for TCU, Duggan kind of has to do a lot of things by himself. You know, we saw that in the conference championship. He was running, you know, multiple plays in a row. Obviously, he was taking hit after hit, and he was just kind of dying out there because, you know, they were relying on him, and he did everything he could. They just fell short because, you know, one man can't do it all. So, overall, I do think the Michigan offense is better, but I do agree with you that Duggan is the better quarterback. But what do you think that TCU will have to do in order to upset Michigan? You know, if they could do it, what do you think they have to do? I mean, they are going to, first of all, they're going to absolutely have to shut down Michigan's run game from the get go. And then Mm -hmm. it's interesting because it's, it's, it's risky. Like OSU did, did not do a bad job at forcing McCarthy to go long. Um, He's not quite as consistent. uh, He's a very consistent quarterback, but he's not quite as consistent on the really, really long throws. Mm Hmm. OSU did a pretty good job of forcing him to go long and it didn't really work out for them because he was connecting. So it's like, I feel like TCU is going to have to force McCarthy's hand and needs like a hope and a prayer that he's just having a bad day. Oh yeah. I just, I think TCU's execution across the board has to be a hundred percent entirely flawless and Michigan needs to be off their game. So no pressure, TCU. You just have to be perfect. You have to be perfect. And you got to hope <laughs> that your opponents are like really having a bad day. That's yeah. I, this is the only game this season. And again, maybe TC, maybe I'll put my foot in my mouth and next week I'm gonna have to like apologize to TCU and the Horn Frogs. Um I just I feel so strongly that this season any of the top 10 teams could really beat any of the other top 10 teams on any given day, depending on which way the wind blows. Mm-hmm. And I actually like will include TCU in that feeling, but I don't think that they're going to beat Michigan in this circumstance. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I don't know if they'll have to play totally flawless, but they will definitely have to shut down that run game. You know, even without Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards has just been tearing it up. Um so he's definitely one of their leaders on offense as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up the two offenses against each other. I think we both made it pretty clear that we think Michigan will, you know, come out on top. But TCU, they have a chance. Not much, but they do have a chance. But we will see. Maybe maybe we'll be totally wrong. Um, but we have to pause and take a breath. But when we come back, we've got even more college football talk. So stay with us. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Uh, there are even more bowl games to be played as we enter into 2023 and some more transfer portal news. So let's just get right into it. One of the biggest bowl games that I'm looking forward to is Alabama versus Kansas State. This will be a good game. I mean, Kansas State, they definitely have a chance to win. You know, it's not just, you know, clear cut Bama's going to win. So what would it mean for Bama to lose for a third time in a single season? I mean, here's the thing. Um, Nick Saban doesn't have that many years left in him, probably as a coach. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that like, is this the end of the dynasty? Like I, maybe there have been several times throughout the season where I was like, well, maybe the dynasty is over. And also Nick Saban, is always ready to like prove everybody wrong because he's great at what he does. So maybe it's not the end of the dynasty and he will just like absolutely embarrass every single person in that locker room if they come away with three losses. But like, wow, I think it would turn the tides a little bit. It would certainly turn the tides in terms of perception. Mm-hmm. Um, Going like, I think media perception, because I do think the media treats Alabama as if they're untouchable even in a two loss season, they sometimes right. talked about like they're untouchable. And so I think for them to lose this game would be huge. Yeah, it would definitely be something that we have not seen in a very, very long time. You know, a Bama that is actually beatable and not that dominant team that we're used to seeing. Do I think they will lose? Probably not. I think it'll be a good game. Obviously, Kansas State's a very solid team. I do think that Bama will come out on top. Um, But overall, what do you think just this season in general will have an impact on Bryce Young's draft stock? Do you think he's still the number one quarterback overall? Do we still have yet to see, you know, the battle between him and Stroud as they continue in their playoff games? Um, Do you think there's another quarterback or do you think Bryce Young is still probably the number one overall quarterback. I think he's, I think he's still gotta be the number one. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a Heisman winner. He, in spite of not being a Heisman finalist this season, like had a great season. Um, I just, I don't see anyone. Quite, I mean, there was a period of time where it looked like he was going to win two Heismans. Like it just, yeah. <laughs> and even though that didn't happen, like I just don't see it dropping his draft stock that much I also think that like something to be considered is that Bryce Young is the kind of quarterback that translates really well to an NFL offense Mm -hmm. and being a great quarterback in college does not always translate well to great NFL quarterback um and I I think that he is one where it, it does translate well so I think that like win or lose if he has a good game it's it's not gonna hurt his draft stock 
Yeah, I agree. I don't think this game will have too big of an impact on his draft stock. He's just shown all year, all of last year, the type of player that he is. He's definitely a great quarterback. So I think he'll, he should be the number one, but you never know, you know, leading up to the draft, sometimes the quarterback comes out of nowhere, but yeah, in my eyes, I also agree that he's the best one um, in the draft. So we'll see if he has a good game or not, but I'm excited for that bowl game for sure. But uh, shifting gears a little bit towards more of a, a solemn bowl game, uh, Mississippi State playing Illinois following Mike Leach's death. Um, it's definitely going to be difficult to play. I mean, I think for both teams, it's just going to be, you know, Mississippi State lost their head coach so suddenly, and they're still going out there trying to finish their season on a win. So what do you think that that bowl game is going to be like? I think emotions are going to be running high. I also think that something that the NCAA world does pretty well is acknowledging and respecting those emotions. And so I Mm -hmm. think Illinois is going to be really like Illinois wants to win the game. They're not going to certainly not going to hand the game to Mississippi because of this tragedy. But I think that they will be respectful of the emotions that are involved on a deeper level than like wins and losses. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I do think that that is going to impact the energy of the game for sure. Um, And I actually think just in terms of football, like X's and O's, this is a really good matchup. So mm-hmm. it could go either way. But I think that the emotions are going to probably be fueling Mississippi State in this, whether they win or lose. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely going to be a good game between these two teams. Um, obviously, Mississippi State has a little bit more motivation trying to get this win for their head coach. Uh, but we'll see, you know, just if their emotions just kind of take over if they can handle them, um, it'll be interesting. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult to watch, but it should be a good game, you know, football wise. So definitely going to keep an eye on that one. Um, but one of the last bowl games that I'm looking forward to is Penn state versus Utah. I think we talked about this in the past, but this is just such a good matchup. Obviously we love Utah as Buckeye fans and we hate Penn State so we all know who we're rooting for but overall it's just going to be a great game yeah this is again this is one of those where like there are a handful of games this season Tennessee Clemson is one um Texas Washington I think is one where I I just think the X's and O's line up really beautifully Notre Dame South Carolina is going to be one um that I just can't wait to see these teams go at it from a like fan of football as a sport. Mm -hmm. These are two Penn state and Utah are so well matched. I really just think this is going to be a fun football game of like back and forth down and dirty football. And I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. We have such a good slate, you know, opening the new year, the first and the second, we have so many good games, so I can't wait. Um, But Keeping an eye on the transfer portal, there are two big quarterbacks who have one's made a decision of where he wants to go and one just announced he's entering. Starting off, DJ Uyungle, Clemson's hyped up supreme quarterback. Everyone thought he was going to be great, you know, go shot for shot with Bryce Young. Um, that really just didn't happen. He just 
could not get going at Clemson. So now he announced he's going to Oregon State. So do you think that it'll be a better fit for him? Will we actually see what he's capable of? Or is he just going to be a bust? Oh, I think he just made Oregon State like an instant title contender. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, because they had a 10-win season with a mediocre quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. you put DJU in there. Now they've kind of – it's kind of similar to Michigan. Now now the pieces are there. Like, they, they didn't have right. a great quarterback, and they still had a 10-win season, pretty successful season. You get a, a – quarterback with the who's at the caliber of DJU I just I think they became an instant Pac-12 content like title contender um with that move I do think we're gonna see what he's capable of yeah it's definitely gonna be one of the biggest storylines heading into next season I'm excited to see uh you know how he does in in a program that's not has that doesn't have as many eyes on it as Clemson does so I think he will be a good fit at Oregon State. Um, Like you said, they're already a really good team, and he could elevate them from a really good team to a great team. Um, So I think it will be a good fit for him. We can finally see his talent um, at his fullest potential. So I'm definitely excited to watch him. But another quarterback that I'm interested in following, Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest quarterback, announced that he is entering the portal. he will be a grad transfer. So I'm interested to see where he could go. Uh, he definitely has a ton of talent. Definitely could be drafted pretty high. So, I mean, what do you think about him entering the portal? So there's a lot of rumors swirling that he is headed to Notre Dame. Um, yeah. Which I think would be extremely interesting. Um, you know, Notre Dame was kind of expected to be a real powerhouse this season and then had a little bit of a disappointing year. So they didn't even have a disappointing year. They had a disappointing year for Notre Dame in a year where there were high Mm. expectations. Like a lot of schools would have been very happy with Notre Dame season. Let's be very clear, but not, (laughs) we would not, but they're not. Right. Um, But yeah, he um, is kind of rumored to be headed to South Bend. And I, I'm actually really interested to see what he could do with the Notre Dame offense. Um, Mm -hmm. He was, you know, he was third in the country this season in terms of touchdown passes. He had 38. I I think he could be dangerous at Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like we've been saying, it's kind of been a theme this whole show. He could be the piece that they need that they're missing to truly elevate them because you know, they just had kind of a young team this year. Just, it was a fresh start, obviously new head coach, um, freshman quarterback. So they're just kind of inexperienced overall. Now they have a year under their belt playing together. And then you throw in this veteran quarterback who's extremely talented. I mean, he could definitely take them, you know, possible playoff contender, who knows, but he will definitely make them a better team. So that could definitely be an interesting fit. So I'm excited to see, you know, if that actually happens, but either way, that would be a very interesting storyline to follow. Um, that's all we have for transfer portal news, bowl games. But before we wrap up the show, shall we do our end of the show? Shout out to Jamie. Absolutely. Um, so my shout out is going to go out to my man, Luke Fickle. 
I will forever be loyal to him because he took over that Buckeye football team with a really, really undesirable circumstances. Um, and he coached his first game as Wisconsin's head coach yesterday in their bowl, stepped in in their bowl game um, and won that game. And I am very happy for him because even though I don't like Wisconsin, I want only good things for Luke Fickle. So congrats on your win as Wisconsin head coach. Wisconsin beat Oklahoma State 24-17, and I'm very happy for him that his time at Wisconsin is off to a good start. Yay, we do love that for Luke Fickle. Obviously, Buckeye fans love him. We will always be grateful for his coaching attempt during that one very tough season for him. So very happy for him to have a good start at Wisconsin as well. Um, But with all this college football talk, let's shift to the NFL for a minute. I just wanted to shout out J.J. Watt. He announced that this season will be his last. He will be retiring at the end of the season. And I really do just love J.J. Watt. I love their whole family. He's obviously one of the greatest defense players ever. Just a great guy off the field. Um, So it'll be sad that he won't be around anymore. Um, Obviously, we'll still watch his brother dominate on the Steelers. But yeah, just wanted to shout out J.J. Watt. That's lovely. All right. right? Yeah. What a episode. I mean, it's the one we've all been waiting for. So can't wait. So everyone have a great week leading up to the game. But as a reminder, you can follow Jamie at Jamie Urich, me at Megan Hustline and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.